Welcome to another Calvary Baltimore B-Side with our senior pastor, Josh Plantholt. B-Sides are a companion to the weekly sermon, giving an in-depth look behind the teaching. And now with running commentary to complement this week's sermon, here's Pastor Josh. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to B-Sides. <clears throat> we are in Revelation 11, uh, verses 15 through 19. And uh, and we will uh, be hopping in here pretty quick. Uh, before we do, though, I want to share that uh, the the Bible study, the home group tonight, has been canceled. There's um, in Yana Maria's house. They there's some uh, cold going around. Uh, some of the, some of the kids are starting to feel under the weather, and I don't want to bring people into that and get you all sick. So uh, we'll just have to postpone that for another time. Uh, but let's let's hop right in here, uh, and that is Revelation 11 verses 15 through 19, and we're gonna do a little screen share here, and I want you guys to see what I see. Yay! Do you believe in magic? <laughs> uh, so here we are. Let's let's read it together. Then the seventh angel, one, blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices, two, in heaven, saying, The kingdom uh, of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders, three, so th this is the, the third set of people. We have angels, we have 24 elders and the I here uh, in the Greek Kai, loud voices, seems to say that the loud voices are separate from the angels and the 24 elders. So three sets of people here, and I, I would say that these are the saints, the, the Christians, uh, certainly the, the, the voice of the martyrs from chapter 6. Um, so, and the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God. <clears throat> Again, Revelation employs lots of sevens, and it employs lots of threes. A uh, lot, of, lot of threes here. So, uh, all through the scriptures, God has desi designed uh, the, the, this book and, and many of the passages of scripture to be built around threes and sevens. These seem to be consecrated numbers to the Lord. And then, verse 17 saying, we give thanks to you, Lord, God Almighty, three, who is and who was, and for your power, uh, for you have taken great power and begun to reign. And I ran through this on Sunday, but the is to come, which would be the traditional who is, who was, and is to come, is the traditional phraseology there, has switched to and begun to reign. That's now the third part of this. And the, and the point is, is the, the is to come is altered to begun to reign. And why? Because it, by what this whole uh, song is, is singing is not about a God who is to come, but is uh, about a God who has begun to reign. Verse 18, and the nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your, uh, now this is, we have a three, we have a one, we have a two and a three. And we also, uh, have a, um, a, a, a chiasm here. Oh, that should be an A. A chiasm here. We have an A, B, A structure. So, uh, we'll, we'll do the, we'll do the numbers first and then we'll do the chiasm. So, 
The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets. Uh, there's section one. And then the saints. Uh, there's section two. And those who fear your name, both small and great. There's group three. So there's three groups of people being rewarded in heaven here. Now, there's also a chiastic structure. We have servants, the prophets, servants and the prophets. So there's small and great there, slave, doulos, and prophets, separated by chi and. And then the then we have in the middle the saints, which is the Christians are, are the focal point of the reward. And then Kai and those who fear your name, both small and great. Again, this the small and great are saints, but um, again, we have the same pattern as, as was introduced as doulos and prophet. Here we have small like a slave and great like a prophet. So we have small, great, small, great. In the center are the saints. God wants us to specifically know from verse 18 that the saints will be rewarded. And, and not just the saints, but even the, even the small and, and the great saints and those who fear God's name. So the focal point is that, that the church is going to be richly rewarded when, when, when this time comes, when God returns. Um, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Uh, now verse 18 is also a three in, in theme. Um, so we have, and the nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding, so we have wrath and reward, rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and Kai, for destroying the destroyers of the earth. The, the three sections of God's reign beginning is with wrath, reward, and destruction. And maybe this is an A-B... Uh, an A B A structure as well. Maybe, maybe it should be like this: A A B A, uh, with reward being the focal point here, which I would say it is, because wrath and destruction um, are obviously playing together here. But the 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 God's kingdom uh, coming is means wrath for some, reward for others, and destruction towards God's eternal enemy. <laughs> I hope those screen shares aren't redundant to you guys and kind of boring, but I I really feel like there's a lot of profit in not only hearing the word of God, but seeing it. And I, just the way that my brain is, I see patterns. That's just how my, my head works. And uh, God put the Bible in patterns, I think, as a way to help us memorize it and to understand it and categorize it. So I think we should see these things, and uh, hopefully it's not too boring looking at the, the structure of those things, but that's that's how it's all laid out. Um, now, that destroying the destroyers of the earth, that verse destroying the destroyers really sh stuck out to me in my, my preparatory work uh, for, for Sunday. So uh, I think uh, it, it would be, and I, I hammered it out that the kingdom of darkness is going to be destroyed, but I think it would be really helpful for us in, in our context, because whatever I'm putting a study together, I want to remember who my audience is. And understanding what we're being told in the news and on television and media, and uh, we have to understand this does not this doesn't have anything to do with climate change. 
See, I think a lot of people, like especially young people, if they read Destroying the Destroyers of the Earth, they might go to climate change just because of how much that topic is placed in front of them. Uh, but this isn't talking about climate change. This is talking about those who destroy and corrupt the earth with their sin. There's a sin seeping effect here. And this isn't a new principle to the believer. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, the soil was cursed out of the ground, out of thorns and thistles by the sweat of your brow to bring about fruit. That the, 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 the earth is corrupted because of man's sin. Earth was designed to be as an Eden, but some continued to hearken the voice of the serpent and the destroyer and continue to rebel against God. And then, so th these people are, are continuing to rebel like Adam and Eve did in the garden and continuing, to, in a sense, to almost curse the soil. But one day, the destroyers will be thrown into eternal destruction, and the destroyers of the earth will be destroyed. And once sin is removed kicked out, so to speak, and the curses, the, the earth, we have a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, that word new there in the Greek is kainos. God's going to refurbish the earth and sin will almost be dredged out of the earth and burned and purified in earth and sin will no longer be present uh, in, in the new earth there. And then I want to, I want to look at verse 19 together. I, I think this will be, this will be fun. <clears throat> Uh, verse 19, oh, we have an ABA structure here. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the Ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. Uh, so what we have here is we, we have God's temple, God's temple. It was opened, and what did it reveal when it was opened? That the Ark of the covenant was seen. The, the Ark of the Covenant being shown, uh, especially to anyone in the first century, would have been scandalous to think about that the Holy of Holies was exposed for all to see. Uh, and here the Ark, God's, which is a picture of God's throne, God's throne, the, the Ark of his covenant was seen. So, you know, people are going to be getting a glimpse into the inner sanctuary of heaven on earth. And then it says there were flashes of lightning, and rumblings and peals of thunder. These three are all lightning based. Uh, and then fourthly, an earthquake. And fifthly, and heavy hail. Uh, so that, that, that is our, our passage today. <clears throat> uh, one thought, not, not a long B side today. One thought and something I want us to see um, from today's text is that when the Lord returns to earth, there are some who are going to be crushed from his wrath. And there are those who are going to be rewarded. There are some who are going to be crushed and some rewarded. What this song in heaven tells us is that the message of Jesus Christ is good news to some and bad news to others. 
The Bible declares that all men are sinners before a holy and just God and that we, in our transgressions, deserve the wrath of Almighty God. But since the Father so loved the world, he sent his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What this song in heaven is saying is if you reject the message of Jesus Christ, if you reject the kingdom of God, you are not in one of a hundred kingdoms that have a hundred different rulings before God. The Bible is very clear on this. You are either in the kingdom of God or you have rejected God's kingdom and have chosen the kingdom of darkness. In today's worship song, there are two kinds of people, and it's those who are in Christ and those who are outside of Christ. And for those that are in Christ, they are rewarded and those outside will be destroyed and the church in the West, and not everyone, of course, but largely, I, I think as we think about these things, that the church in the West largely has made a very grave mistake in our witnessing. We, we've, we've made the error in pretending and presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ as not offensive. We, we present the gospel as God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> Um, kind of true, yeah. But we, we've we've taken the gospel and have made it as unoffensive as as possible. Uh, but there's error there. <laughs> the Bible is offensive. The gospel is offensive. We 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 present it as a message of purely romance that God loves you and wants you to have a great life. But loved ones, at the focal point. Of all of humanity, the focal point of the Christian life and the Christian message and the Christian witness is the moment when Jesus Christ, an innocent man, God himself, hung nailed on a cross for the sin of the world. That's offensive. The cuts on his face, the beard half dripped out, the wounds on his back, the nails in his arms and feet, the thorns in his brow, the cross, as Paul would say, is the power of God unto salvation. The, the message and the power of the gospel partly is to, is to point to Jesus's mangled, grotesque, disfigured body hanging from a bloody tree and say, this is what your sin my sin, our sins look like. That this is what, what's in our hearts. This is what we produce. We hate God and good so much that we killed the incarnation of love itself when he came. And you know what? That's an offensive message. That's a really offensive message to proclaim the Christian the, the, the message of Christ is to proclaim that all men are dirty, rotten sinners who fall short of the glory of God. And many people are going to hear this and be offended because it's offensive. But then in their pride, they then reject it and not accept it. You see, this is the danger of, of sort of this romantic evangelism. When, when we share a bloodless gospel, we actually end up giving a false gospel. Because a bloodless Christianity is not Christianity. The, the, the central theme of our message is that Jesus came to die for sinners, of which we are one. 
You know, if all men are essentially good, if Jesus loves you because you're awesome, <laughs> then what did Jesus die for? If our message becomes God loves you because you are lovely, then why did he need to die? Do you see that the true gospel of Jesus Christ is 1 Peter 2, 8, a rock of offense? And if we would accept what the Bible says about us is true, we will be saved. But if we reject it, we will be judged for denying Acts 4.12, the only way to salvation. And so something we need to gather from this glorious heavenly song is that the gospel, the, the gospel, the return of Jesus is good news to some and not to others. Some people are just not going to accept this message. And see, for those of us that, that believe, we, we be read the Bible, we believe what it says to be true, and we then don't go, oh, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, so much as we praise God that he provided a way for sinners through the death of his son, that we're saved. This message is not a, a downer. It's not the bad news. It's the good news. Yes, I am a sinner, and Jesus came to die for sinners. He didn't come to die for perfect people. Well, there are no perfect people, and he didn't die for those who pretend they're perfect. We must go to the cross to be saved. And so we celebrate these truths while the world finds its scorn. It scorns at it. They hate it. And thinking of those who don't believe that this, as we think about the, the central pillars of our message you know this and we think about the, the the scope of eternity and we think about that when jesus returns this is not going to be a good day for a lot of people as we think about these things and meditate on these things we, we understand that when god returns or when many people die even today that they're meeting god and it's the worst moment of their existence god says away from me i never knew you uh, and so what this tells the believers that we need to get out there and be fishers of men. <laughs> we need to do everything that we can. God saves people, but he uses men to be part of that saving. And so we need to get out there and give a message of not only love, but one of warning. We are all heading for destruction apart from saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so when I, when I looked at sort of the dynamic of the reward, and the wrath in this passage. Uh, it really put a burden in my heart for the lost. You know, something that I'm so excited about is meeting the Lord uh, and, and hearing those wonderful words. And being greeted is a moment of chief horror for many. The, the road to destruction is broad. More people heading to hell than heaven, it seems, as Jesus says. And so, you know, this, this should light a fire in us to prepare people to meet their maker as best we can by sharing the gospel and living the gospel before them. So uh, that's it for today. Um, well, let's pray. huh? God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you've provided for us. And God, uh, move in our lives mightily and open up doors and opportunities to share your gospel with those who are lost and perishing and let them know that Jesus loves them God loves them but 
if they must persist in their wickedness, that they will eventually come under his wrath. And so, God, let, 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 us, let us have a burden for souls, we do pray. And in Jesus' name, we love you, God. Be with us now. Amen. I love you guys so much. Hugs, high fives, fist bumps. Uh, and I'll see you Sunday. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this Calvary Baltimore B-Side. If you'd like to get in touch or come visit us at Calvary Baltimore, our website is calvarychapelbaltimore.org. You can email us at calvary.faithlife at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've been blessed by today's teaching and would like to donate to the work God is doing through Calvary Baltimore, go to our website at calvarychapelbaltimore.org and click Donate Now. Until next time, keep drawing closer to God through the reading of His Word. And join us again for the next Calvary Baltimore B-Side.